1: Three, two, one. And Julie, we are back. It is September the 14th. And, uh, you know, I have to say, I've been having some very interesting coaching calls this morning. um, And uh, really, actually, you know how some days you have those coaching calls where you just sort of feel drained because you're having to sort of relight everyone's fire you know yes i didn't feel like that at all i felt today that almost to a person they were sort of motivating me they're all on fire i know know. we shouldn't
2: say it that way since some of them are actually dealing with real fires yeah
1: no pun intended Um,
2: yeah motivation you guys are definitely in the thick of it i would agree with that it's incredible um yeah it's
1: awesome totally and completely bizarre experience to have this time of year um, and all the years you and I have been coaching agents and been selling real yeah, estate. But very welcome. Yes, but very welcome. It's almost like the whole, it, well, it's definitely the spring You know, market became the summer market. The summer market now is becoming the fall and the winter market. And it's fantastic. You know, it is really amazing. It's, um, definitely. And it's something that looks like it's going to build momentum into next year. There's more and more. I don't know if you've been reading the articles I sent you, but there's more and more of these drug companies that are coming out with vaccines. Good news, there are, yeah. yeah, there's one in the United States. There's the one in England. Um, yeah. So So that looks to me from, I I just imagine, I remember back to March and you and I were talking about all the things that would have to happen for that, you know, essentially for the economy to turn around for this to be, this year not to go down in history as the worst year ever, but actually to have a, you know, marketable turn for the better. And maybe uh, this would have been the... Uh, I, I guess the staging ground for what might be a cultural renaissance of sorts mm-hmm. you know a spiritual renaissance a financial renaissance who knows I mean using all these big weird historical terms but the reality of it is is Julie and I felt something was brewing we felt an undercurrent of people saying look I'm willing to you know I get it we have to all kind of buckle down with this pandemic thing but I am driven I am motivated I want to get back out and I want to really make the most of my life and my business and I'm not going to be you know even Oh, look I'll wear the mask and I'll keep the social distancing but I want to get back to life and we felt it you guys felt it we heard it we, you guys heard it everywhere around us and maybe you could even argue that some of the social unrest that's happening right now is, is people essentially feeling that same emotion but not necessarily directing it in, in ways that would then you know you know Benefit you guys get the positive? well but yeah. well you know you can argue both okay. ways right sure. as some people would but that aside again we're avoiding politics at all costs mm-hmm. the moral of the story is that it does feel like we are absolutely going to be entering into a historical bull market for real estate, which is going to continue into next year. And it's fantastic. And we, Julie and I, we absolutely look for reasons to believe that isn't true because we want to prepare you and we want to prepare ourselves. I mean, it's for selfish reasons too. And we're not seeing any. I mean, the Fed came out and said interest rates are going to still stay low for five years. Demographics are definitely in favor of more uh, you know, people buying houses. All, every single thing, all the KPIs you could possibly imagine, as pertains to real estate, are all pointing up. And guys, how lucky are we to be in this industry, right? How blessed are we? I it's nuts. I it's-
2: mean, you know, I mean, even if you only had one of those KPIs, as you said, um, you know, even if we just had super low interest rates, that would probably be enough to fuel things. But on top of that, we have so much enthusiasm for moving right now. We have, you know, it's great for listing agents because if you list it, it will sell, right. basically. Um, you know, the, the issues and the challenges that agents are having now are very different because of that. I love that everybody's in so much momentum, but we're seeing, like, uh, I had a call today with a, a broker who was struggling with pricing and teaching her agents how to price because, you know, normally, you could go preview the competition, but it's all pending, and they right. don't want you in there, right? Um, normally, you would say, well, how high is too high, but everything's pending. And so we talked about Even in a hot seller's market, you still have expireds, which tells you what the aspirational pricing limit actually is. But these conversations about, gosh, it seems really hard to price something. How high is too high? Is it okay to have just one really great comp? or And if I only have that and the seller wants to go higher, how much higher is too much higher?
1: This is what we were talking so. about two weeks ago. We were talking about expired Palooza, right? Yes. And we we're talking, uh, you guys don't make the mistake of just because a listing expired to assume that it was priced because they're all, and again, go back, listen to the podcast from a couple of weeks ago. We really drilled down on uh, the fallacy of uh, believing it's always priced. Now it is almost always priced just to say it like that, just to be clear yeah. price condition location, right? It's almost always priced, but here's the weird, thing that's really never happened in the 20 plus years Julie and I've been in this industry is that we have a market that actually will overpay consistently almost no matter what the price is. And that's not happened at this scale before. Normally that happens in maybe your aspirational price ranges. But it doesn't happen with meat and potato houses. And now it's happening across the board. And you could argue, and I know a lot of people are arguing, it's a psychological effect of people reacting to the pandemic. Um, maybe it's people wanting to, what's the term when people are wanting to home up or kind of sort of, they wanting to nest. That's yes. what it is. Mm-hmm. So there's a good, there's a lot of people that are wanting to go through nest uh, nesting, but there's also a lot of people that maybe would have procrastinated doing a purchase, but now they have a you know psychological fear of missing out. Maybe there's going to not be enough houses for them to purchase, which definitely seems to be the case in many markets thus new construction is going to take the off
2: wait, it's going to cost them more even more right going up so
1: yeah. and you can overpay right now and i know we're getting uh, we'll reel it back here in a second but you can even overpay and be okay with it right now because of the low interest rates and be just fine and if as you know out what was it uh Bernac, not Bernaki um greenspan mm-hmm. came out last week and if you guys don't know who he is it doesn't really matter but he came out last week and he said he used to run the the fed he ran the you know the fed for like ever through, I think, three or four different presidents. He said that he's fearful of inflation. Okay, that's weird. (laughs) So if he's being fearful of inflation, how does that relate to you? Again, as we talked about in this podcast before, it means the cost of everything will go up. So if you're able to lock in a long-term low-interest rate mortgage at less than 3% and the house inflates or appreciates in value by more than 3% per year, that is free money too. You've just gotten a free house and i think a lot of people intuitively are chasing that down because they're able to buy something for less than they're paying in rent it's exciting guys and with all the millennials and now the you know generation z's and all the baby boomers and all the other you know big age brackets all of them are entering into um, you know times in their lives where real estate is going to be a natural a part of their life. We don't have a big, like in Japan, there was a problem with most of the people that own real estate there being elderly and they didn't want to sell. And so they just never sold their properties. Well, here you're having so much transitional things going on uh, it's exciting and you should feel blessed. And if you don't feel blessed, you might want to check yourself mm-hmm. because in the whole time that Julie and I have been in real estate, I don't think I've ever experienced anything like this. Um, and furthermore, uh, there's always the greatest fortunes of man have always been made during the greatest times of change. But as pertains to pricing, Julie, what, you had some ta- trailing points. Well,
2: you know, from also from coaching calls, you know, because they're all different. But then after you have had so many of them, they start to have certain trends. So one of the things that I see the agents who are still, let's say, working on skill, and who maybe don't have as many leads as perhaps they could if they would make more calls, if they would make more contact, is that they can get stuck in this rut. And I I talk about uh, in coaching, you know, with premier and elite clients, that you can you can start to feel like it's you. I've had two or three calls like mm-hmm. that where it's like. You know, I keep following up with this person and it's just like, I feel like I'm in a rut or whatever that is. You have, I call it, they're not bad people. They're just bad batches of clients where like, they just don't have their motivation, right? So I wrote down some points about motivation matters, okay? So can you motivate somebody who's not motivated on their own? Is that possible? you can't. Can you make somebody sell their house?
1: Well, so you can't, the... Just
2: because you want the listing? <laughs> That's actually
1: a really funny point you're making right well. there because a lot of agents don't realize that. You guys have never really technically sold a house. The house has sold itself to that buyer. You couldn't, an investor aside, you're not going to get a buyer who doesn't want to buy the house to buy the house. I Look, you can come up with extreme examples, but for the most part, they like it or they don't next, right? And on the seller side of things, sellers will sometimes, again, on the investor side where it's a, you know, a spreadsheet decision-making apparatus, then motions don't necessarily apply at the same level. But for the most part, you're not going to get a seller to sell that doesn't have to sell. Now, here's again, here's a little weird part that's going on right now. With pricing. Before, Julie and I would grind all of you guys and you know hammer you down about making sure that you were listing only sellers that have to sell because otherwise they won't be pricing the house correctly to begin with. But in addition to that, they're going to be uncooperative. Well now people like that are successful because they don't have to be that cooperative because people aren't allowed in their house anyway. <laughs> I mean it's the very definite a degree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uncooperative sell a seller behavior much. is condoned right now because yeah. of the coronavirus, basically. <laughs> and then in addition to that, they can overprice and be a little greedy and still get their price now how long this window will stay open where people that aren't necessary so you have somebody that oh if I can get my price and pigs fly and all the stars align then I'll sell the house you can actually say okay I'll I'll list it let's (laughs) go for it and you'll
2: win most of the time on that right most of the time but I also want to caution them because I've had a few of these conversations that sometimes you are chasing leads where you want them to do something more than they want to do it or more than they're qualified to do in the case of a buyer, right? So you have to be careful with that. When you're in that zone, you need more leads, you need replacement leads, you need to freshen it up. You can't be chasing the same people who are not, where you're not feeling the love back, right? So what happens is agents convince themselves that nobody's doing anything, and you know the leads all suck, or whatever. No, it's just that you're chasing people who aren't gonna do something.
1: Well, it's the, if you generate, you don't have to tolerate, and that's, that's a Harris rules, right? That is
2: it. You need to generate more if that's the situation you're in. It's not you, it's you know who you're chasing, basically. Well, it is you in the sense that you don't have enough contacts happening. Well,
1: that's it, though, and, the, and here's where, again, you guys are sometimes um, confused about Well, whole point of the CRM, right? So you like we here's the bottom line with basically when you're stuck with, you know, the proverbial bad batch of leads, Mm -hmm. make sure you're pre-qualifying them, make sure you're asking all the tough questions. But really, if you're focusing primarily on buyers in a market like this, you're gonna get frustrated a lot quicker than you would otherwise. So definitely pivot your best energies towards learning how to be a listing agent. That's what our coaching program is all about. That's what we teach you. We are hardcore drilled down boot camp how to become a professional listing agent who has the vast majority of their income. Coming from being on, you know, from listing sales, the, and again, when you do that, you have leverage. When you do that, you have control. You actually have product that other agents out there are going to be selling for you. It's called your listing. If and the easiest way for you guys to participate in our coaching program is obviously you can just join, or you can join the free coaching program. Now, the free coaching program is your gateway into becoming a, a normal Premier Coaching member, and and as such, it's maybe ten percent of the normal coaching program. But it's okay. It's a perfect place for all of you to start. And like I said, it's free. And all you've got to do to join the free coaching program is text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. Just text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link, click the link, join the free coaching program, and then you will be able to attend the daily semi-private coaching calls with one of our coaches. And you can actually start understanding the importance of having a skills-based approach uh, to this marketplace.
2: Yes, so in my other notes regarding motivation matters, we have to find out from using great scripts like the buyer prequalification script, the seller prequalification script. Now, I've done some work with our coaching clients about what is the point of those scripts. People get tangled up in this. And I've had agents tell me that they feel like when they look at you know the printed script, it's like a stun gun has hit them. Like they freeze up because it's just like too much to mentally manage an actual conversation where somebody is also giving you the answer to your questions. And you just kind of get stymied and the script becomes almost like a a distraction, right? This happens to agents who have not made enough contact and practiced and gotten comfortable. They just see it. And it's, it's like they don't use it because it freaks them out. And then they have a call where they have to actually listen more than they speak. And they get stuck in this, this situation where it's like, I don't know if the script's working for me or not. So here's how we cure that. We go through the scripts. This is part of what we do in coaching, of course. We go through the script and we say, what is the point of the script? A script is an organized conversation, which is question-based and is designed to lead you in the conversation, for you to lead the conversation to a close, right? So closing is logical once you know somebody's time frame motivation and you've asked some basic questions. So what we do is we go through the script and we say, all right, what, what is the point of this question? Why is it worded that way? It's because it creates conversation. You're not asking yes or no questions. You're asking things like, what happens if the house doesn't sell? What happens when it sells? Where are you going next? Who, what, why, where, when questions are in the script. I think part of the issue is agents don't realize the beauty of a well-done script. They don't know why they're asking what they're asking. Well, they Except all use, the obvious they they all
1: use scripts, that. but most of them are using scripts that are terrible. They're scripts yeah. that are basically patchwork quilt from things they picked up here and picked up there.
2: Or worse, not at all. It's just yeah. whatever comes to mind.
1: At this point in our business, I have to say that I rec- recognize and accept the fact that that at the end of the day, there's a single digit percent of people out there that actually are taking their businesses seriously and have the business maturity to realize that the most assured way up the path, up the mountain, is to follow in the footsteps of other people. And if you guys have any ego resentment or resistance to basically internalizing um, scripts, uh, you know, knowing that there's a higher, like almost 100% chance that those scripts when read correctly and said correctly are going to get you the desired result and you still uh, refuse it and you still have resistance to it and you still basically have the mindset i'll create my own and just being blunt with you you're not that serious about your business you're not you're not somebody who's has is on the path to become a professional. You're somebody who is, maybe this is a side hustle for you. Maybe you're don't have the business maturity for it. Maybe real estate's a creative outlet for you and you don't really need the money. Okay. I realize that. And and I'm glad you listen to our podcast and you buy our book and I appreciate your participation in our programs. But for the, you know, again, for the minority of you who are serious about making this an actual business where you have, have actual profit, we are going to absolutely remind you to stick close to the scripts as possible because they've already been field tested. And chances are you do not have a huge background in selling anything. Most the real estate people get into this industry after having done some sort of service sector job, you know, that kind of thing and not certainly having been very successful at selling. Selling is this might be for a lot of you is your first time stab at a selling career and that is what you're in by the way in case no one's told you you know but Mm -hmm. so you don't know what you don't know is ultimately what I'm trying to say here so why don't you just do what makes the most sense and follow in the footsteps of others and stop wasting time trying to create things and here's another thing you guys got to remember too I was touching on the CRM you know thing and what we're talking about today you've got to make sure that the more complicated an idea is, the less likely it is to work, and frankly, the more probability that the more complicated something is that somebody's trying to sell you, they're trying to sell you something that's complicated that you will always have um, problems implementing so that you can never hold them accountable to the idea that you bought from them. Do you guys get the idea here? The simplest things in life are the, are the ones that are the most effective always. And the more complicated something it is, the more you know threat vectors it has, the more likely it is to fail. So when you're listening to someone explain to you some sort of big, elegant, long-term lead follow-up CRM drip campaign – I know some of you are intellectually uh, interested in that, and you don't have the business acumen to to know that that's probably a bunch of malarkey. It's not worth doing in the first place. That's what you have to give yourself permission to say, yes, I don't know what I don't know, and yes, I'm not going to follow the herd and do what appears to be easy. And the biggest filter for knowing whether or not whatever someone's trying to get you to do is malarkey or not is if it's moving you away from having direct contact with anybody. So if it's a non-direct contact activity, then chances are it's a shiny shiny object, silver bullet, won't work type thing. Um, And, guys, that's just the bottom line truth. There's very few passive things that actually work in life. And think about this. Can you passively go to the gym? (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could. Can you passively lose weight? Can you passively gain weight? Can you passively build wealth? Not really. At some point, you had to have put in real effort to basically, you know, had the skill set to accomplish those goals. Does this make sense, Jules?
2: Yeah, it does. So, you know, if we go back to the scripts, here's here's the thing that I, I see sometimes is that, you know, when you're kind of dabbling in, like you said, the patchwork business and you kind of use it sometimes and other times you don't really use it, and you're not really getting to the point of, you know, motivation time frame, what's going on. You can convince yourself that it's something wrong with the script or it's something wrong with you. That's not the case. You have to understand why you're asking those questions. Ask them, listen to the answer and close because here's the thing. When agents spend a lot of time dabbling in scripts and they, And because they're screwing around with it, they don't set appointments because it's not logical. They're not really, you know, they're just messing about. They convince themselves that it's them and it's not working. So here's the thing. A motivated have-to-sell seller is extremely easy to close.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: But a lot of agents spend so much time screwing around that they, they either haven't heard that yet to believe it, or they haven't heard it frequently enough to know the difference between somebody that's like, yes, I am going to give you the time of day, say you're an expired, for example. They actually will say, yes, I have to sell the house. I'll do anything. Let me know, do I need staging? Do I need to show it more? Can you do some open houses for me? It's almost like an act of desperation.
1: And this, and the, guys, there's millions of sellers out there like that every year, no matter what the market is. But
2: they don't get to them because A, they don't make enough contact. Right. And B, when they do make contact, they botch the script.
1: But truthfully, they don't make any contact. Most of these that guys be, make yeah. zero contact.
2: They're just waiting for it to come. To exactly.
1: Happen. They're doing yeah. passive stuff and you're buying leads and you're doing all these this fancy, you know, overly analytical malarkey and you're thinking that somehow magically it's going to bring you business and it never does.
2: And so you end up talking to people that kind of pose as leads but aren't really leads because you're trying to make them do something
1: that's right and you think if you drip on them long enough which just sounds disgusting you have to admit but if you drip on them long enough somehow magically they're going to all of a sudden become motivated and you heard some mythical story of some agent tell you how they dripped on somebody for 17 years and then that person actually raised their hand but guys that's not how businesses think that you can't think like that (laughs) <laughs> That's really bad uh, business planning right there. You know you're going to build this massive database and you're going to drip on all these people for long periods of time and you know and and, and they're going to raise their hand occasionally and say yes come sell me something. Is that really what you think? Why would you waste your time doing that? Why don't you instead just go after the sellers primarily who have their hands in the air right now saying yes come list my house? Guys, the decision really is that simple. I am not oversimplifying it. You can, A, you can chase the people who, you know, uh, maybe someday, one day, and when all the stars align and you dripped on them long enough, but, you know, one in 10,000 people decide to do a deal with you. Every long-term study and every study that's ever been done on long-term lead follow-up, rather, has always proven that long-term lead follow-up is basically not worth doing. Do you know that? And yet, you do. I've told it to you before. The research was – there was a great article on NAR about this. I mean, there's – I'm sorry, on uh, Inman about this. But And yet, how many of you were told that the first thing you're supposed to do is create some long-term drip email campaign or long-term drip campaign period? And yet, did you stop to ask, well, why the heck would I do that? Does it actually work? Can you prove to me it works? No, you didn't. You, but you did the other thing. And you ended up spending money on an expensive CRM and, and then passively generating leads. But you did not stop to actually say, why am I doing this? does this actually work you just blindly followed that goes back to your business decision-making apparatus is still being formed and guys guess what we're all like that when we're doing something new and many of you in you know in real estate in general something like 90 percent of you have been in the business for less than two years so you are new you didn't you probably came from like i said some service sector job you've never had a sales job before let alone owning a business how could you possibly know that those things that sound like good ideas really aren't going to work how could you know now in the defense of all these ideas, there was a period in history let's say, 20 years ago, where not everyone and their brother was doing long-term lead follow-up, where it actually sort of kind of worked. Maybe you could get a 10% return on investment from your database. And when you hear people citing statistics as far as what percent you're going to get from your database, if you drip on them long enough, they're going to use the percent 10% because that's basically what it was back in the 90s when uh, Julie and I were selling real estate. But nowadays, it doesn't work like that. Why? Use your own intuition, guys. You know the answer. Because everybody and their brother has got to a long-term drip email campaign or SMS campaign you think that agent in your CRM is only in your CRM I'm sorry that that seller or that buyer you think you're the only one dripping on them you really think that no way that customer or that consumer has been to 10 different agent websites they've signed up for you know 20 different things and they don't know who was. is they're just it's all going to spam it's all getting junked it's all getting ignored this is the reason that the real renaissance in sales, and real estate sales specifically, any kind of sales, requires picking up the phone. You can do the other stuff passively. You can do the social stuff if you want to. You can do the other, you can even do your goofy drip campaign if you want to, but realize that none of it is going to ever generate consistent business like actually having sales skills and following scripts and learning how to pick up the phone to do the real work of real estate. Doesn't this all intuitively make sense? I know it does. It has to. It's just a function of whether or not you're going to be one of the 1% or maybe the 10% that are listening that are actually going to do something with this information or whether you're going to just be like everybody else that just started playing at real estate. I get it. That's fine. You know, the market will welcome playing at real estate people. the The people that are... Amateurs and they're side hustling real estate, you know, they'll do their two or three deals per year. That's fine. But I'm talking to the people who maybe started out that way with that mindset, but really want to take it to the next level and seize the opportunity that truly real estate is, always was, but oh my gosh, is becoming. And you have got to, if you're serious about your future and your potential, you've got to master the skills necessary to take advantage of the opportunity. There's a direct result between the skill set you have, the people, the number of people you can help, and the amount of success that you will be allowed to earn, be allowed by the marketplace, not some sort of, you know, mythical secret, right? That the marketplace will gravitate towards agents in a market like what we're entering into, especially on the listing side, who have the proven skill set to know what to say and how to say it. That's what we do in our coaching program. We take the uncertainty away. We take the doubt away. We tell you what to do, how to do it. We have a pre-listing pack that you can copy. We have a listing presentation you can copy. We have all these things that are exact step-by-steps that once you just emulate those things, guys, you're going to have, there's nothing that's going to slow you down. Be excited about this. This is probably the single best opportunity that, and frankly, joining eXp Realty that you're going to experience in your lives and your professional lives anyway. Um, And I'll end it with this. If you guys would like to talk with Julie and I about joining our eXp Realty Uh, team, I would very much encourage you to text me directly, 512-758-0206. We're looking for folks that want to join eXp Realty, that want to be part of our revenue share team. So just text me directly if you're ready to move forward and join eXp at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow.